It's time once again for another film. Yeah, hooray. Sorry, that song's been stuck in my head all day today. Me and Robin have been singing it back and forth. We, we have. I have. Uh, <laughs> greetings and salutations and salivations. It's Scott Shirtson again, episode 35 and still alive of Film Yap. Alongside me is the charismatic, personable, and very handsome-looking J.T. McGuire. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and, of course, my far better half with a just fresh-out-of-the-hair salon, uh, brighter red, my supreme overlord spouse, Robin, is over there manning the, uh, hey. the controls and basically controlling anything that we say and making sure it's going to be legit and will not somehow get us arrested. Well, I can't guarantee that. I can just kind of... Well, we're on a delay. So try to corral you. Yeah, exactly. Try and wheel it in a little bit. You know, like like a border collie. <laughs> yeah, that's Corrals good. the sheep. Yeah, basically, it's a border... Well, see, I'm a hyper border collie in this case, you know. But So we're going to put you down? Basically, yeah. Potentially, Sorry. yes. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Old yeller, that yeah. shit right there. <laughs> okay, then. And this will be our last episode. That's and only four minutes on. long. Okay, we're done. Oh, we got it. That was nice. <laughs> All right, then. So... I have, we have a few things we definitely wanted to go over this week, and a few things I especially want to go over this week. Um, I have arguably seen a movie that may, in fact, be worse than The Room with my own personal hero, Tommy Wiseau. Uh, there is a movie out there that we'll go into called Samurai Cop 2. Uh, we're also going to probably be talking a little bit about Crimes of Grindelwald, since that new Fantastic Beast movie is coming out next week. And also, if we got a little time, we're going to throw a little South Park into it. Because we watched last night's episode, and it was definitely an episode. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Well, it sort of. It definitely <laughs> it was a show. Including commercials, it definitely took up 30 minutes. It did. <laughs> it, in fact, so, did. So. The things we love getting not lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how you doing, man? You all right? I'm doing very well. Um, I almost... Uh, Scott's kind of running the show this week and he's <laughs> reacting to it. I was just for fun. I was going to grab this uh, over here. Uh, there's a replica of Lucille. And I was like, it'd be fun if I can threaten Scott with this. That's and as I picked it up, Lucille I saw... Lucille from Walking Dead, not Lucille yeah. from Rest of Development. Oh, I said Lucille? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it yeah. is Lucille. Yeah, but not the, yeah, from the, the clarifier Lucille's here. <laughs> I don't know. Both are pretty scary to get hit with. They but. probably are. They really are. But as I picked up Lucille, I'm like, I looked at it and I saw, oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan signed it. Maybe I should put that back. I would think so. That, I didn't even realize he signed that thing. Damn. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit. That's, that's... got to be worth a couple of coin. Yeah, and it's just, um, it's just kind of there for anyone to grab who comes in here. Yeah. And if you're watching well, the stream of this well. and not listening to it on SoundCloud or audio, you'll see the fantastic cereals that I have at my display right in front of me here. Rick yes. and Morty and Deadpool cereal, part of any Brown's breakfast. Yes. Also, I like this one. Uh, yes. The Rick and Morty cereal where... In the back of it, the, he doesn't even have a belly button. He does not. There's a strawberry swiggles. Strawberry smiggles. Smiggles, yep. Okay. So. And what are what are we cutting on the dotted line to get? Right across his midsection. Yes, but what are, why are we cutting? Because we can. They're on the All inside. Right. All right. So. I don't even remember that episode. They, well, they're out five seasons now, something like that? No, three. Five. Oh, three, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're long delay. They're like, we'll see you in 18 months. Well, Dan Harmon had a lot of reservation initially about doing it because it was never really his wheelhouse. You know, live action was more his thing, mm -hmm. you know, which is probably, I guess, where him and Aaron Hansen got to know each other. Well, I really Aaron did two episodes of that show. I know him in Community. I don't know mm -hmm. what else he's done. Um, he well, since before Rick and Morty, that yeah, is. He produced that, ep the, uh, that series, uh, Good Game, on YouTube Red. Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> he did that thing with that guy. Who's in that thing with that other person? Nope. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. I, I know Harmon Quest, but that came yeah. after Rick and Morty. But yeah, he's done. He's he's had a pretty decent career there at this point. No, but yeah, Rick and Morty is probably his biggest thing. And uh, now he did he, they sign up for like 
uh, 700 episodes or something like that? Probably At some kind of obscene or something. Only to be out, outshined by Pokemon at this point, which is, what, nine, <laughs> 900 to 1,000 episodes? And that kid oh, never God. freaking ages. But, all right, so we're four minutes in and we're already off track. That sounds about right for the show. Yeah. But yeah. So so I, I, I did make an observation privately to you guys, and I think I commented on the live <laughs> stream that, you know, I always thought my job was to was to keep things kind of, you know, as much as I can on schedule. And then the week that I wasn't here, you guys were like, boom, 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 boom. We yeah. stuck exactly to our topics. I'm like, oh. You just made me hyper In fairness, well, right. this is episode 36? Yes, 35. Uh, 35. Oh, this is 35. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 34, me and more. Okay, 35. Yeah. Uh, they all rolled together after a <laughs> yeah. while. But uh, out of 35 episodes, last week was the only time I put effort into something. Okay. <laughs> so, so the first 33 or that, up to that point, you've been phoning it in? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Some so, of your best work, too. Yeah. So you're phoning it in, please. <laughs> so if we make JT the producer, yes. we'll stay on track. Exactly. Got Maybe. Got it. So. I, right. I make no promises. Then I'll, I'll, I'll get demoted from Supreme Overlord to Supreme just, Button Pusher. But see, we're just overlord. You could be the producer. What's the producer do? <laughs> well, no one just, knows. They just sit around and take all the credit. <gasps> That's I'm pretty much it. I'm great at that job. That is a job for me. So, I really want to go into a topic right here. Yes, uh, I'm sure you do. Um, I had the fortune, and I'm going to swing right into this, of seeing Samurai Cop 2 Deadly Vengeance this week. Now, just to give a little backstory, and I had to pull up my notes here. The first Samurai Cop movie, which I did not know existed, was from 1991. Started by okay. Matthew Bannon and Mark Frazier. Yeah, 27 years since the first one. Um, it was a movie that was really... You know how... If you remember, there was a movie called uh, Loaded Weapon. Yes. With Emilio Estevez and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. It was basically a poor man's version of Lethal Weapon. You know, with a comedic flair. Think about a poor man's version of Loaded Weapon... But from a serious note, <laughs> this was a movie that they, for starters, they couldn't afford lights, so every scene was shot during the daytime. And okay. because they didn't have lights and couldn't adjust certain things, you can see the obvious differences that were going on. Most scenes in this movie were shot in a single take, and then moving on. And our main hero, Joe Marshall, by the way, from the LAPD, uh, his hair was very long, like Tommy Wise, so almost basically like Robin's length hair. And after he finished wrapping everything, you know, his, all his, uh, uh, his work, he finished everything, ser you know, film wrap, he cut his hair. And okay. they're like, oh, by the way, you need to do reshoots. <laughs> so they ended up reshooting everything, about half of his footage, with a wig that was a longer length. <laughs> to which is obviously noted. This movie never actually made it to theaters. It only went to uh, uh, direct the VHS back then through a Polish distributor. Hmm. But it gained a colossal cult following. It, for being so bad. It it sounds just like Black Dynamite, except Black Dynamite tried to make the movie bad. This one sounds like no, it this just is, happened that this way. This is one of those ones where it's like, hey, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. Yeah, just try it. <laughs> and this was this is called acting. So, <laughs> okay. let's fast forward 27 years. We now have okay. Samurai Cop 2, Deadly Vengeance. Which was a movie that I encountered because my favorite personal hero, Tommy Wiseau, plays the head of a ninja clan in this movie and the evil protagonist or evil antagonist. Tommy, uh, basically, I should mention for the record, was not in fact the worst actor in this film, even though Tommy was Tommy. The other actors were worse because you know what you're getting from Tommy. Having said that, we do have a clip from the film that I'd like to actually play. JT has not in fact seen this yet. Yes. 
So I want to basically, if you need a couple seconds to pull it up, that's yeah. perfectly fine. Um, I just do want to apologize to anyone who's listening and not watching because you're you're not going to be able to see this. I am pretty sure you will be able to hear this. Though. Yes, and also um, basically all I'm going to say, JT, that is wait for it. Okay. You will know you will know what it is when you see it. All right. This is a 40 second clip that hopefully with any luck should work. All right. Um, should work. Gentlemen, yes. you have our gratitude because we are Shinjuku. You are the power of universe. Father, I hope you will not be disappointed. We will win. Father, I complete the mission. Oh, you're doing that on purpose. <laughs> no, it's in the final cut. <laughs> it really is. No, no, no. I, I know it's in the final cut. I mean the filmmakers doing that on purpose. Yeah. For those of you who can't see it, there is a scene at the end of his monologue. This is, by the way, is a two and a half minute monologue that goes on with Tommy, you know, basically talking about vengeance and having the power of the world. And it ends with him staring blankly at the camera for a full 17 seconds straight without blinking. Why this was left in there, why they didn't yell cut, I don't know. But this actually happens a few times in the film where they just stand there and point and nobody yells cut. And they're like, fuck it, it's okay, we'll leave it in. <laughs> we'll just, it's we'll okay, just we're fine. Whatever. We'll yeah. yeah. And it's, it was amazing. Now, I did take a couple of notes that I should mention as well here. The dramatic zoom was great. Yes. In that, vi that video that we had there was off of YouTube, in the actual video itself, Mm -hmm. there's a zoom right in on basically closer on his face, but you can still see he's not moving for the 17 seconds. It, it, it goes from, you know, from kind of a, a wide shot to basically you see, you see this much of him, like just yeah. pretty much the eyes. And the, well, I mean, he's got the mask on, so maybe it's about yay much of his face and it just freezes there for 17 seconds. There's nothing of like, I could practically see like his fundus, <laughs> the internal structures of his eye. You know, it's, it's, it's good. It's a, it's a real, real close up shot. So there was a scene in there where they had a dramatic fight scene, which by the way, the, the uh, DP on this, had just discovered the power of the zoom lens. <laughs> there is a there are multiple scenes that last action scenes that last for a minute to a minute and a half where he is zooming in more than once a second. There was one basically it was a two minute scene. He zoomed in 118 times <laughs> on every single thing all the way through to the point you can't understand what the hell is going on because it's all blurred out by the constant zoom that's going in. Why did you keep zooming in and out? It's my artistic vision. It's his own exactly. Vision. But exactly. there, was a, there was a scene after a dramatic fight scene, and they're, they're going at it. It's like, we, let's go get those bastards. Yeah, let's go get them. Next scene, he's watching TV. <laughs> and just like cuts right to him sitting on the couch watching TV. It's like, what happened to go getting those bastards? They just tried to kill you. Did he look at the door and go, oh, hi, Mark. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was so bad. You know, I mean... The, the dramatic third scene, scene the third, you know, part climax, the action scene, he's fighting all the ninjas and everything like that, and they're playing romantic music in the background. <laughs> and, you know, oh, the weirdest yeah. thing that I, that I couldn't figure out with this, Matthew Bannon played the hero in, in uh, Samurai Cop 1. Yeah, okay. Matthew Kuretis played Sam Samurai Cop in Samurai Cop 2. Okay. He looks a lot like Matt Bannon. I couldn't figure out, was it, did they change the makeup? What did they do? Did they make the look different? No, it's the same guy. He <laughs> legally changed his name and basically, for some reason, insisted on using the new name. So you think it's a different actor that looks like the first guy. 
Yeah. Okay. But the okay. weird one of the things that I thought was the or again one of the weirdest things about this, and again you need to check this movie out because oh my god, it's it's so absolutely hilariously terrible that if you like the room, if you like any of these movies, you got to check this out. There's a knockoff Martin Sheen as the police captain. The stereotypical, you know, you know, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have my badge for this, and no, I can't believe it. It looks like a discount Martin Sheen, because it is. It's Joe, his younger brother. <laughs> Joe Estevez, which, by the way, if you recall, the Sheen family was originally the Estevez family. Uh, Joe Estevez. So this is the fourth one. Yeah. <laughs> is basically the police captain in Samurai Cop 2, while Martin Sheen accumulated God knows how many, like, you know, Emmys and Oscars and all this kind of stuff. And Joe, captain in Samurai Cop 2. Good job, Joe. I guess that just runs in the family. The ones named Sheen get stardom. The ones named Estevez go away. Well, Emilio Estevez did do Mighty Ducks 1, 2, and 3. And? Loaded Weapon, we talked about that before. (laughs) And if you give me an and after that, I got nothing. Yeah, early 90s, and then he disappeared. And then he pretty much disappeared, yeah. Well, Charlie Sheen kind of He had young guns, but he disappeared. That was his biggest And also, uh, well, Breakfast Club, too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he didn't he do Breakfast Club and, like, maybe 16 Candles right. or one of those other giants? Late Hughes 80s, ones? early 90s. Fair, yeah. And then at that point, yeah, he kind of disappeared. But, uh, yes, Joe Estevez, who also his arguable claim to fame, was dubbing over his brother's dialogue in a popular town. Because <laughs> <laughs> after his brother had the heart attack, and him, they brought him in to body double and also <laughs> to basically overdub the dialogue. If, uh, if there was ever a case of being in your brother's shadow. Yeah. Well, Tom Hanks, I think his brother does the same thing. Really? He does some ADR work yeah. and things like that. Um, Paul Walker's twin brother was a stunt double in his uh, stand-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Hanks' brother often does double for him. Yeah. Even though Paul they Walker really don't a... look that yeah. alike. Yeah, Paul Walker did too. Cause he what... had a twin? Yes, twin I didn't brother. Know he... Why didn't they just continue the movies with him? <laughs> I, you know, no, I I'm, I'm being a jackass. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, know I, why, like, I know why yeah. I didn't do but that. But those final scenes when they reshot them where you see him driving off in the distance... They really use the brother for the faraway shots. Like there's a beach scene there where Vin Diesel's looking at, you know, Paul Walker's character and you know, you know, the new family he's got and everything. They use their twin brother on that one. And then basically just adjusted as they needed to to give the happy ending as opposed to the we're gonna kill off Paul Walker's character in number seven, had Paul Walker lived in real life. <laughs> they were gonna kill him off they, anyway. They were pla- apparently they were planning on killing him off in the in the series and then decided, no, too dark. The dude died in real life. We can't do that. And I'm glad they did. I think it was the right move. There, there were a lot of scenes where I'm like, it looks like uh, he's about to die. Yes, because that was the original plan. <laughs> you know, but that scene at the end of, you know, number seven, when you see him basically, they're driving together. It's like, no matter where you go, you'll always be my brother. And mm-hmm. the two of them just separate and go their separate ways. I love that scene. I borderline basically break out in tears when I watch that scene. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And that's the only part we can sing without the copyright. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do we get? Six to eight seconds, I think, but legally before they Uh, kick in on that? Just like that happy birthday episode of Blue Bloods. Well, yeah, when happy birthday is legal to actually sing on camera now, but for the longest time. It was not. You couldn't, or you had to come up with some other version. Futurama did another version of that. I think the copyright is still semi in place. Okay, but they're maybe more lenient with it. Uh, I don't know. I I heard different arguments on that, but yeah, that's that's for another episode. I'm yeah, really that's something that. worth looking into actually <laughs> to find that out. Because yeah, I, I, I I've already spewed a lot of stuff on this show where it's like, true. yes, this is the blah blah blah, and then I look it up later like, oh shit, I lied. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Just remember, the, don't believe me. The inter- just, the don't. internet will correct you if it needs believe if it disagrees with you. I just very much enjoyed uh, Blue Bloods 
treatment of the incident. Well, you have you like anything blue bloods I anyway. Do. I you know, do. you throw on I on television or whatever WGN <laughs> or whatever it is, and it's like, hey, they're running a seventeen hour marathon of blue bloods. But it's not quite the SVU level where I know you know. But you can still watch an episode in three seconds and know who the villain was and what the storyline was. More with SVU and Law and Order than with Blue Blood. Which, Blue by the way, for the record, a little bit given the sheer amount of episodes of those friends of those true. series, that's true. And you'll sit there and not just basically SVU. You'll look at the ones with Paul Sorvino from like 2002. It's like, okay, yeah, basically uh, the guy that you're seeing that you're going to see yeah. in about 12 seconds, he's going to be the guy that actually did it because he did this, this, and this. And it's like, oh my god, you're freaking right. What the hell is the there, point there, of watching? There, it? Yeah. there was an oh. episode recently. It was a, a Jerry Orbach <laughs> episode. And uh, it was probably between 30 seconds and a minute, and I told him what happened in the episode, the backstory to the significance <laughs> of the episode, what happened in Lenny Briscoe's life that was, uh, you know, affected by the uh, events of the episode to the point where he was just like, I give up. The hell's the point, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting there watching this, trying to figure this out, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's this. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Spoil it, why don't you? Yeah. It, it's... You know, you never know how stuff's gonna go. I'm. Uh, I just watched the first episode of Kidding, the new Jim Carrey show on mm. Showtime. Um, I don't. I don't particularly like it. To be it's definitely a TV show, though. Huh? It's, it's definitely, definitely a TV, a TV show. Okay. It's one of those things where it all depends on the character. And the mm-hmm. minute I got a feel for the character, I'm like, I'm not gonna like this show. But oh, uh, and by the way, thank you, Rob, again. For the Rob? pib. What? Oh. oh. Yeah, basically Rob Manning just asked how, how the right. soda was. Thank you very much for that, man. It was awesome. I, I forgot. Why that is the chat up there faster than the that. chat here? I only, I only see Ming on my chat. I don't know. Maybe basically you need more internet? <laughs> I'm, maybe, maybe your CT, CPU needs more RAM in your, in your uh, graphical card. <laughs> you know, pre- again, pre- perhaps the, the, the Nick card needs a uh, better IP. Oh, uh. <laughs> my level of technology. I was just going to say it's the same speed on my screen. Yeah. Not putting two and two together that I'm actually the one typing and that is actually a mirror of my screen. So I'm just going to let that <laughs> yeah, one that's go. Fine. We'll just run Walking with it. Away. Yeah, we'll just watch it up there if you I'll need it. just so. leave it there. Oh yeah, the uh, not we're, we're filming episodes, so we'll still quit film, but uh, just to make, mention a little bit of technology, call this the technology corner here. <laughs> so, uh, Mac just Technology really corner. Don't, don't. We need <laughs> graphics yeah. for it. Oh, where's that You know, little... graphics for the podcast. <laughs> There, there's lightning. <laughs> I know. I don't have my little noise making oh, okay, thing. Yeah. The, the equivalent of like Ed Wood no, no, okay. noisemakers here. All right. Let's see. Technology corner sound. All right. Technology corner. Just sound. pick whatever it is. Technology corner. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's that's the technology. <laughs> that's the tec- that's that's the technology, technology sound. Wait, which one was that? <laughs> it's called uh, soap opera drama. Keep, okay. keep it ready. Keep it ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for technology corner. <laughs> Love it. In a world where technology <laughs> outpaces man, which is which, the world we yeah. live in. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm scared. So Mac recently came out with a whole art Mac. That's not the company. Apple came out with a whole bunch of stuff uh, recently, including finally updating the uh, the Mac Mini after four years. So it doesn't suck anymore. Yeah, but it's way more expensive. Well, yeah, you pay for things that actually work. Uh, <laughs> but one one of the things Apple has been doing recently is uh, they've been trying to prevent people even more from updating stuff, so they solder stuff right to the motherboard. Really? So, oh. but I found out with this Mac Mini, it's like, oh, I can update the RAM in that, so that's that's nice. And I, again, I just bored a whole bunch of people. I went to the Apple store though to buy one of these Mac Minis, and I asked, like, so uh, the RAM's upgradable. 
he just kind of looked at me like he was going to be like shot if he answered this wrong. It's like, yes, it is upgradable if you come to the service center. <laughs> He's almost okay. like reading, reading off his hand. He's <laughs> well, like reading it from his hands. Like, yes, it is upgradable if you do a y x y and z. Yeah. Run. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it, it's a nice piece of it's a nice toy, but. Uh, it might need some upgrading in the future. Once I have money again, because at bare minimum, it's still expensive as hell. Well, and it's an investment. Yes. It it's, an investment. it's an investment. It is an investment. It's an investment in a two, $1 trillion company. Yeah, well, you know, you, thank you, you know, for increasing the stock price by 0. 0.0001%. Oh, even better is I wanted to actually buy this thing even earlier than when I did buy it. Uh, okay. Like 8 o'clock in the morning when it came out, uh, I worked not too far away from the... Uh, Fifth Avenue store, mm-hmm. so I walked all the way over there, and there's a, like this long this ass. Person? Okay, no, we're good. Okay, we're good. We're golden. Oh, I see myself here. Yeah, right. we're yeah. good. It's good. Right. We're good. All right, we're all good. So I walked over to the Fifth Avenue store to go get uh, a Mac Mini, and I see this long ass line there, and I'm like, oh, it's got to be for the iPhone. So I walk, like, none of the people in the store selling stuff are doing anything. I, I think, what do they call geniuses? So this genius. <laughs> <laughs> are you using air quotes right now? Yes. Yes. Yes, he uh, is. In fact. So I walked up to a genius, and uh, I said, oh, hey, I'm interested in buying the new Mac Mini. He goes, okay, that's great. You have to go wait on that line. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I have to wait on that line to buy a new Mac Mini? It's like, yep, with a smile. And I went... Okay, with a smile, and I walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I I have about a 15-minute waiting in line span before I start getting really cranky, so... Yeah, and especially... I have to want something really, really bad. Not only want it really, really bad, but let's say you're going to not... You you want it bad, and you're going to spend a lot of money on it. Yeah. And someone says, well, we're... We're gonna give you three tasks before you get, <laughs> before you can buy. It's like I'm already giving you stuff. You we, want to more? deem yourself worthy? We must complete three tasks. Oh my goodness! We were actually talking about that something similar on the on the car ride down. How um, a paraphrase of something my dad often asks me is, "How uncomfortable are you willing to be? Like, if there's something I want to do or change or whatever, it's like, well, how uncomfortable are you willing to be to get it?" And I'm like. Yeah, at this time, not so much. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking the things that I have now, and I don't want to give up any of them, so I guess I'm not going to get that. Okay, let's move on. And that yeah. was JT's Technology Corner. And... People listening scene. to that. People listening to that. <laughs> that is freaking stupid. Why the hell do they run that scene? It's like that's the best you can this, do. This yeah, is where they shut it off because their ears are bleeding. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is this is so. If if the if you should, you know, get one, you can fill us in on the experience mm-hmm. of upgrading yes. the new yeah. Mac Mini. Tell us more. That would. That's tell what us be. more. Tell, tell us, us more. Would you get in? I own the rest of the song. <laughs> The Jets are going to have their way tonight. <laughs> the Jets are going to have their day tonight. Another song's been stuck in my head it was has West Side been Story. Stuck in his head for a Which, while. by the way, speaking of West Side Story, rumor has it, and of course, rumors are always very accurate. Of course. Always. That Steven Spielberg is looking to build a studio space over in Patterson to film the West Side Story movie, which is the big budget one he is exec producing and possibly even directing. I've of, heard this. Yes. Well, you know what's in Patterson? There's a place called the Art Center, which is like this gigantic abandoned warehouse, but it's used for 
uh, film commercials and uh, for photography shoots, there's a good chance he might get something like that to build the studio in. Well, it would be good for the Patterson area, I suppose, but getting to the Patterson area would be another thing altogether. There have been many good things for the Patterson area, and it's, it hasn't been working. Speaking of which, uh, actually, there is a famous movie that was shot in Patterson. Um I just re- wish I remembered the fucking name. <laughs> it's oh my god, a famous movie, but not one that's worth remembering the name. It was actually uh, around the time that Brooke Shields first became famous for, I believe it was Blue Lagoon. They found out she played a kid in this horror film that was shot in Patterson and re-released it around the same time. Hmm. So it, it was actually a pretty good movie, and they said at the end, like, the entire thing was shot in Patterson. I just wish I remember what it, uh, what it was. Well, I know Analyze That, the second one, Shot part, that was shot there? Was uh, part Patterson, part like Hohokas was, was done, Montclair was done. Um, ironically, I know some of the people that worked on that movie way back in like 2002. And it's I see a lot of like you know a lot of ties to Jersey and stuff. And I was like, ooh, Jersey, which finally, or my home state is finally getting productions again. <laughs> the Enemy Within films at the Izod Center, which used to host Nets and Devils games. Bruce Springsteen used to be there. Pavarotti used to be there. The Ice Capades. And I'm, now there's a bedroom in there because they're filming that for Enemy Within. <laughs> Well, um, you know what? At I'm least sure they're doing something with it. I thought they were going to, like, uh, shut it, like, tear it down. Dude, I'm glad it they is have creepy it. as hell looking at that thing. Because I spent my childhood at Izod. You know, I mean, uh, the, uh, like I said, for me, the ice capades, when I was probably nine years old, I was down in the ice for the Devil's Games. I was in the locker room. And now they use it as a studio space. <laughs> and it seems really odd, you know, to walk in there, see, you know, where the ice used to be and the nets used to play. And it's like, yeah, there's the props department over there. You know, there's a room with a bedroom over here. You know, if you go to the racetrack, they use the racetrack as well. The racetrack is some exterior thing for, like, passports or, like, some immigration something or another. Okay. And it's, again, it's just bizarre as hell to see this. Because it's like my childhood just went to NBC for a TV show with Morris Chestnut. Hmm. Well, it could have been worse. It could have torn it down for a parking lot for the... Uh, for a Walmart? That, eyes, uh, that eyesore... Uh, oh, that's that the Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not Xanadu anymore. It's the Amer- it's been the American dream now. Ten years, ten years ago, someone bought the guys making Xanadu the final complete that project, and ten years later, it's still not done. Okay, so basically, let's fa- uh, to the, explain for those not from New Jersey. Before we move on to our next topic, I did find the film. It is called Holy Terror, the oh, horror cool. film that was Brooke Shields' debut. Mm, okay, but that, that's not the movie. The movie actually was. It was originally called Alice, Sweet Alice, yes. and okay. re-released as Holy Terror. Oh, okay. okay. So it is in fact the same film. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's like that movie that I did that has like four different titles on it. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. It is. Yeah, I won't mention the name on that, but uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell I was just sitting about to say. Oh, you when you rudely interrupted. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanted to get this out there before we were five topics later, and it's like, oh, I have an answer to that question. And now, you asked now five I'm completely irrelevant. We, we thing talked about we were talking about Xanadu, oh, yeah. and basically yeah. the whole idea was yeah. originally they were going to build the I think second or third largest mall in the country, in New Jersey. Yes. Yes. That's still the plan for that's a, still well, the just plan. Fifteen years. Well, just like basically, you know, the renovations that a lot of people need to do on their house and they let it sit for, you know, 10, 15 years and never get around to it, this got halfway completed and never finished. <laughs> and yeah. it, they were, the plan was they were going to actually have an indoor ski slope, you know, and they were ski, yeah. ski jump. Ski jump. It I'm was, sorry, ski that's jump. That's what that weird that, that loop thing, thing yeah. on the side of the building They were going to have an indoor ski jump, and then they never finished it, so there's this calico-looking, disgusting friggin' thing on Route 3 now. That just sat there for ten years and never went anywhere. 
He started that around like what two like two, year two thousand something like that. Yeah, I I remember. Well, one the biggest complaint for a while was like, you know what they have a lot of in that area for New Jersey, cargo ship. Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, and yes. so they they painted it to look like the the cargo uh, crates. Is that what that, the rationale behind yeah. the decor was? Okay. Yeah, and the de- decor for anyone not from New Jersey is the most hideous brown and blue, and it, it's it is, an ugly fucking it, thing. It's like yeah. red and brown and yellow and blue, but like it's artistic. Though. But it's it's like patchwork squares of siding on the outside of a building, <laughs> and it just. You just kind of find whatever you can find. I just remember Chris Christie, when he first went off, the first thing he said is, they need to repaint that building. (laughs) He has not been in office for a year after his eight-year term, and it's still the same ugly-looking building. Nothing, nothing happened with that. Well, they're focusing on fixing New Jersey Transit first. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm both laughing and crying at the same time. New Jersey Transit, which routinely has 60 to 90 minute delays and offers a 10% discount for your inconvenience, yeah. while you're stuck in an unventilated, dark uh, train car and can't leave for somewhere, uh, around, like I said, 60 to 90 minutes at a time. Yeah, th- you know, uh, for those who don't know, I, I actually, I work in New York City, and this is, we taped this down in Edentown, New Jersey, which is like an hour and a half away. I have to rush from New York to get down here. Which, thank you, by the way. And I got on the train today. I'm like, oh, thank God. I got on the right train. I'll be there on time. And then we get stopped in Newark. <laughs> it, that, I hate NJ Transit. <laughs> it actually, actually is not even the worst one. The worst one I had so far is when I got stopped in Newark uh, in the other direction trying to get into the city. And they made me take the path. But the path was partially closed that day. Mm, so they took me off. Day. At the World Trade Center, which is somewhere around, like, 70, 80 blocks away from my job. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a few miles south. So it was, uh, I hate NJ Transit. Yeah. (laughs) In the MTA in general, but who doesn't? Well, the problem with Penn Station is you have, uh, what, Amtrak, uh, New Jersey Transit, and I think another train station, too. All going out of one terminal. Well, that's the other problem. Uh, NJ Transit doesn't own the uh, doesn't own the tracks. Amtrak owns the tracks. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's usually and to be fair, NJ Transit's usually like yelling at Amtrak like fix this yeah. shit. And Amtrak's like no. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as a result, everybody that takes that thing day after day has to risk a good risk of having delays that literally last an hour or more. Yes. You know, and that, but the problem is also it bunches people together on an already crowded standing room only train. And now you're combining two trains into one. People are standing on top of each other, literally. Well, at least it hasn't gotten as bad as Japan yet. But to keep, yeah, you haven't hired anybody to keep. keep, I want to keep towards New York because I can actually segue into another topic from here. Which would be what? Uh, Well, you know, sometimes I walk all the way from work to the train station. I go through Times Square, and (laughs) I'm looking at the there. There's an area that shows usually movie posters for a movie that's just about coming out, and some of the most photogenic ones I've ever seen are up there right now for the new Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. Not Harry Potter. They're, they're calling it the Wizarding World now. Yeah, well, it's mm-hmm. fantastic uh, piece, Crimes of Grindelwald. Well, the Crimes of Grindelwald. Close Grindelwald. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Yeah, that, yeah. The guy, the, the movie with the guy yeah, played Stephen Hawking. Yeah. yeah. I read the books and I still can't pronounce his name right. Uh, because he was announced in the very last Harry Potter book. He was, yes, yeah, he was mentioned. The, yes. So the, this whole entire story is about, like, basically what was mentioned. The 1920s to 1940s. Yeah. I think it's a 23-year period, I think, something like that. 
So. But they, they threw in a character that was never mentioned in history ever before. So we, we're going to see what happens to that guy. Uh, <laughs> what Wait, what is that uh, that Rotten Tomatoes? You just pulled it up on Google. What is that Rotten Tomatoes rating? 58? Uh, for what? Top, uh, for Crimes of Grindelwald. Really? 56? Wow. Uh, uh, 56% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. That ain't wow. good. Yes. That ain't I, good at all. You know what? We, were, we haven't seen it yet. We were planning on seeing it uh, when it came out. That, oof. Well, okay, I'll check it out anyway. But uh, holy uh, Hannah, that's but it's it's a Harry Potter movie, and it has Johnny Depp and a lot of money thrown. In. It couldn't be that awful. Well, here's the thing: it's not a Harry Potter movie. It's a prequel well, to the Harry Potter story. It did so get is, an eight point seven out of ten on IMDb. Well, that's because so. you, you probably get fans that are like, "Oh my god, this movie's amazing." Rotten um, Tomatoes is the critics. Yeah. So if you, if you actually clicked on Rotten Tomatoes, what's the audience? Uh, yeah, that's the meter. That's. So, because remember, yeah. audience meter was also the one who said the new Star Wars was great, ninety percent, and then the audience rating was like forty something. That's right. Yeah, the critics <laughs> liked it. The, oh yeah, look at that, ninety eight percent for the the want, audience. Want, want to see it though? Let's want to see it. That's not. Uh, oh, want to see it? Yeah, it's want to see it. I mean, fate, uh, rotten to, the tomato meter is fifty two percent on this. So uh, I guess did the movie get released yet? No, it's no. Tomorrow? This is probably just for the screener for the critics. Yeah. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody got sixty percent, which is higher than really? I thought. Really, oh. I heard I heard pretty weak things about that movie. I hear I want to see both. That. I've heard people raving about it, and I've heard people saying it sucks. So. Mm. I'm sad. Well, you got people that are raving about that. how much it sucks. Yeah. But Grimland, Grimland. I mean, here's the thing: the first one, uh, Fantastic Beasts, you know, the initial one, was a happy, fun romp, and they have already said outright this movie gets a lot darker, a lot more serious. <laughs> Because you're dealing with... You like the happy-go-lucky shit. Uh, happy we'll wait for this. Exactly. Basically, just like the Harry Death. Potter movies... Harry Potter got darker as yeah, they got older. darker as it went on. Yeah. They just start killing know. characters you know off what? left and right. Someone should start with uh, the Sorcerer's Stone and then just jump straight to uh, what, the, the Deathly, the Deathly Hall- Hallows. Deathly Hallows. And just yeah. go like, what happened? Yeah. Well, let's see. <laughs> In let's see, Sirius Black in the fifth dies in the oh, fifth yeah, one. Are we Dumbled- making a uh, are we making a Harry Potter kill count right now? Well, I'm just going into the characters that did, uh, that did die. Yeah, you know the the first uh, or Order of the Phoenix number five. Sirius Black dies. No, 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 that wasn't the first. The first no, was the, in uh, no, the, the first, fourth one. No, the first. Ma- no, well, okay. I'm he not, he was I'm, built up as a major character. I'm not counting he? Cedric Diggory because he was he was never introduced until that movie. But still, yeah. Okay, but fine. he he was built up in that book. It's a right, meaningful. Fine. That was a giant book. That was like it's a nine hundred pages. That's the hollows. It's the biggest book in the series. Like a kid dying. Like come on. If right, children fine. are reading this book and a kid dies, all right. So fine. Goblet of Fire. Hit home. Cedric dies. Yes. Uh-huh. Order of the Phoenix. Sirius Black dies. His Godfather, and they're like the only, arguably yes. one of the only the ties Godfather. he has to his family. Yes. Then Dumbledore in the next one. Yes. And then in but when he's Deathly Hollows Part One and Part Two for the movie, Part One, Dobby dies. Dobby die, the Hells Elf die, dies die, by getting stabbed die, in the chest die, by Bellinger. You know, and then die, the movie die, ends die, with them burying die, him. Die, 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 die. You have die. just put a song in my die, head. Die. <laughs> now I have die, 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 Delilah. Kill, kill, I don't even know that song. Kill, it, it, it's, it's, die, die, I know. Delilah. Well, I know. Hey there, Delilah, in New York City, and I don't know the rest of the lyrics, so I'll make him up as I go along for this. I think I need to go and take this. Um... But, but yeah, every single uh, Harry Potter movie got this. darker and got more <laughs> dramatic and depressing as it went on. Yes. That's what they've already said is going to happen for the supposedly five movies that they're going to be doing for the Fantastic Beasts. Hmm. Now, if this movie is getting a Rotten Tomato rating like this and the fans don't like it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with with uh, Fantastic Beasts 3 if it's going to go the route of, say, Solo, <laughs> where people are like, 
Yeah, so that was a movie. What was that other movie that actually did have a long series, and then like they had a movie that was a part one and part two, and they never did the part two because part one was so bad. Super Mario Brothers? No, uh, the Divergent series. I never saw that. I, neither did I, but I know they did a part one. Or no, they did uh, movie one, movie two, and then movie three was supposed to be a split part one, part two. Okay. They did part one, <laughs> and the box office was so awful, they never did the part two. Do you know so what, there's people still going like, what happened? Do you know what also was supposed to be a part two that never happened? Uh, Mario Brothers? Well, History of the pretty, World. Uh, well, no, that's, well, History of the World, well, no, that, that was a parody on that. <laughs> yeah, I Jews know, in but space. there was supposed to be a part no. two, and they didn't Battlefield Earth. One. Oh, My gosh. favorite John Travolta film. Yeah. Why? Because it's just so bad. You know me, I like bad movies. Is that but, the one where he surprisingly movie. just wakes up and knows how to fly a jet plane? Even no, though? well, yeah, yes. that's, that's more or less, yeah. Yes. And that the, um, the jet fuel hasn't gone bad. Hasn't gone bad. 2,000 years or whatever. None of the electronic components are and, bad. It hasn't dry rotted. And everything's run on a and basis. The, and, the, and the evil guy from kindergarten cop is flying a big. <laughs> <laughs> that, as it turns out, was only half the book. About <laughs> so he had originally had plans to do part two, and... Obviously, it never transpired because part one was so bad. I was fortunate. Me and a buddy of mine saw Shanghai Noon, the Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson yes. movie. They offered us a free screening of that movie, probably just to pad numbers of attendance numbers, I guess. Oh, they if, came out at the same time. Yes, they did. Because we saw Sa- uh, Shanghai Noon, which was a good movie. Fun Jackie Chan American film in this case. Jackie, Not Jackie, 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 Jackie I like that film. Chan. Yes, it was cute. And then they offered us a free screening of Battlefield Earth. It still was not worth the price of admission. Because that movie is just so badly filmed, badly paced. In the book, things took place over the course of many, many years. So they go from cavemen scratching themselves to flying over a long period because they're trained to be able to do so. Well, you know what? That that was the 90s for John Travolta. He came back in the Providence with uh, Luke Who's Talking. Or Pulp Fiction, I guess. No, Pulp Fiction was the peak. Okay. But by the time you get to Battlefield Earth, he, it's he like, had, you're done now. He also had you like, go Michael home. and Phenomenon. Phenomenon. That, that was that was before Battlefield Earth. Well, it was no, but it was it was after. What did he do after Battlefield Earth? That, that's that's the question. Uh, taking a Pelham one two three like 2013. Did he? Yeah, Denzel Washington. How many years later? Like 2013 or 14, I think. So 13 years later. Something with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, well, no, I'm and saying I'm saying after Pulp Fiction, he did Phenomenon and Michael, which both did pretty well. Yeah. Um, Michael was a. Never mind. Uh, Uninteresting Jersey fact. This is the first movie I saw at the theater that's now in the place of the Kevin Smith Dirt Mall. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Menlo Park Mall? Uh, no, 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 no. Menlo no. Park was the good one they mentioned. No, no, no. The Dirt Mall where uh, the US One flea market. Okay. Uh, they, mm. Yeah. <laughs> literally, if it worked out well enough, they filmed uh, part of Mall Rats at this, uh, this old beat up uh, flea market called the US One flea market. Called it the Dirt Mall. <laughs> yeah. It, I think it was timed well enough that after it was taped, they tore the entire thing down and built a movie theater there. So there's potential they could have played Mallrats on the location, on the location where they shot that Mallrats. Mallrats was filmed. Yes, and he kept he talked about doing a sequel to that, but it never transpired. I don't know whatever happened. To I love Kevin, but he's talked about a lot of things that never. Transpired. I know, I know. He talked about Clerks Three. Well, we know why Clerks Speaking Three. Speaking of which, I think he was, yeah. I think he was here earlier today because I saw a post from Ming Kevin, or, Kevin's earlier. Here? Earlier today of uh, Kevin standing here. I don't yeah. know if it was an older picture. Uh, or not. Jay Muse was here last week. I know that. Yeah, they in were the studio. Yeah, playing. Because uh, uh, they're they're, pl- they're playing like Mario Kart or something. <laughs> or maybe Mario <laughs> That's Party. Cool. Um, but again, much love. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Ke- well, Kevin also talked about the Buckaroo well, Bonsai reboot too. That never happened. He he was also going to do a Green Hornet. <laughs> yes, Green Hornet never happened. Well, he's directing a lot of the DC stuff in Vancouver now. 
you know. Oh, yeah, Arrow, he does the TV shows, which yeah, he, his TV stuff does pretty good. Yeah, I mean, well, he does well, a lot except of for the, the television one. I'm just curious. Here's my question. I'm curious to find out how fast he shoots because sometimes you get directors that are very meticulous. When he did Dogma, there was an hour of deleted scenes that, was ne- that never made the final cut. Obviously, that takes a piss-long amount of time to shoot. How fast of a director is he? Yeah. Is he one of those guys, you know, who's extremely meticulous, very unsure about it, or is he one of those ones like Todd Phillips who does who does Joker, who the crew has like a ten hour crew day? Well, you know what, Ben Affleck keeps coming back to film with them, so oh. I guess he can't be that bad. Yeah. Well, Ben Affleck's not Batman anymore, <laughs> so I mean, what else does Ben Affleck have? I'm sure he's got something going on, but he he won Best Picture what just two or three years ago for Argo. Yeah. Yeah, he directed that though. Yeah, he didn't win the Best Director because they were like, <laughs> "Screw you, Ben." But he he won Best Picture for it for as producer. Mm-hmm. So but it was a good film. I had a, I, I enjoyed that film. How do you? Those words usually just go hand in hand. If you typically, yeah. if you win Best Picture, you usually win Best Director because you're the person who kind of put it all together. True. And somehow they were like. Nuh-uh-uh. <laughs> well, that's like when you have Best Cinematography. You already have editing. an Oscar. You're nah. not getting another one. <laughs> By the way, you sounded like uh, Wayne Knight in Jurassic Park right there. You know, when, when basically you can't hack the computer. Huh? That's the wrong one. Uh-uh-uh. I tried to go for the other guy, the, the basketball player. Uh-uh-uh, not in my house. I don't know that one. I can't remember his name. Uh. But, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Apologies to anybody listening to that one. He, uh, he's beating okay, me. Okay, then. Get him, take him the off. The Crimes of Grindelwald? Yes. Uh, coming back to that. Try just closing that thought <laughs> oh out because we're, we're 40 minutes in. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm looking we're forward. We're keeping to, on topic, maybe. I'm looking forward to <laughs> we it, are, but I'm very skeptical, on especially on that tomato meter. 52% frightens the hell out of me right there. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, that's... That's pretty bad. I, that's, I, was, I was expecting at least 60 on that. Although Venom apparently got 29% from looking at it. Well, yeah, well, Venom you expected to be bad, but I, I was looking at this and going, oh, look at the, the costumes, look at who's acting yeah. in it, look, the, 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 everything about it, it looks like a well-polished movie, the fact that it's And like, J.K. Rowling wrote it. Yeah, and J.K. Rowling was back in, so. She yeah, she wrote, yeah, she wrote the, And she's uh, very meticulous about these movies, like, yeah. she wants her things, like, it's well, gotta that's be her, that's her baby and then something. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think That's she's how she became universe. a billionaire. Oh, I think she's the wealthiest uh, writer of all time. Isn't well, she, she was. I think she gave away most of her fortune at this okay, point. Okay, but, but yeah, but still, like, yeah, a lot of. Well, money. I mean, you're at ten movies now. God knows how many side books, video games too. You who can't forget who those. knew that franchise was going to blow up? I have this uh, movie about a kid who wants to be a wizard, a yeah. shore lady. Well, <laughs> and she mean, was more. Like, she was homeless, I think, when she wrote that. Was yes, it? yes, she was. She was, and she had she had kids, and, yeah. and she was trying to. I've heard alternate versions of she just started telling the kid the stories to try to calm them down and then started writing them down. and Sort of like Lord know. of the Rings happened that way, too. I, or, you know, Tolkien just, used to tell his kids. I'm sorry, go ahead. Or just, you know, decided to write a story that the kid would want yeah. to read. And, well, I but, yeah. got into Harry Potter because I was crushing on this girl at work. She was big into it. So I'm like, I'm going to read this. <laughs> so we have something to talk about. Oh and then I'm like, holy shit, this, mo- this book is awesome. You know, and I, I was—I think *Goblet of Fire* had come out at that point, so I was still a little bit behind. But I was like, "Oh my god, this series is amazing!" I got into *Harry Potter* also because of a girl, but in a very different set of circumstances. <laughs> so it wasn't a girl you were crushing on back in two thousand. No, uh, my my best friend was heavily into the books and convinced me that I had to read them because they were great, even though they were kids' books, and I said no as much as you can to your best friend and then gave in and read them and said, actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. They are that good. I'm not going to use that type of phrasing because it's going to be weird, but 
if I had to say a woman got me into this, did my uh, my grandmother bought all the books? <laughs> okay, and she ha- used to keep them on our bookshelf. And this was by the the latest book was uh, Goblet of Fire, and I was like, all right, fine. Everyone's talking about. It. I'll start reading, it. and I just I think I finished uh, Sorcerer's Stone the first day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the next book? Chamber of Secrets, Chamber of Secrets. took me two days. A yeah. week on the next one. I could not finish uh, Goblet of Fire, though. I've read all the books except mm, Goblet really? of Fire. Uh, yeah, I ended up having to watch the movie just to understand what happened. Because I read the first hundred pages, and I was bored. Mm. I don't know what? why people love Quidditch so much, but it's like, I don't want to read Quidditch three, five, is a really three dumb effing chapters of Quidditch. Well, I, I really want to see. I'm, I'm obviously like, not, I'm not athletically inclined enough to do this, but I wanted to see if we could somehow... Adapt Quidditch to being played on bicycles. <laughs> I, I think so. You could probably do it's it. It's playable, but obviously we can't fly. So what's the closest well, thing? We could like ride around on a bicycle and yeah, yeah it's, it's, be it's lacrosse sticks yeah. and riding bikes and so kind of like polo, but throwing the balls <laughs> but through that's, the that's, air. And see, here's the thing: if you think about it, you know, you score a goal, it's ten points, right? Fine, but you get the, the game s- is so stupid. You get the snitch. It's 150 you points. And you and immediately win. It's like everything that you do, you win. It's negated as soon as yeah, you play yeah. it. Yeah. Unless, no, unless someone manages to score so many points that goes beyond the, yeah. the snitch. And then at that right. point, it's like, well, now I can't grab it. Exactly. <laughs> and yet you have to keep an eye on it. So the other side doesn't it grab it. Sees exactly. it. And it's like, you know. Exactly. But, yeah. but that was where I kind of stopped in trying to mentally plan, you know, create a game that was like Quidditch but on bicycles because you can't. Unless you attach the snitch to a drone, but a really mm-hmm. small drone, <laughs> so everyone's not aware of where it is, um, maybe somebody could radio control it from somewhere else. But to tr- a thing to fly around that no one's actually throwing is—it's hmm. not so easy to do. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of stopped at that point. But I, you know, thinking about it now, I think the other reason I got bored with that that section of the book was we were talking about it as a sport. You know, the whole entire thing that they were saying up with was to try to make it sound. Like uh, soccer, football over there. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And I'm not a sports fan, so it's <laughs> you like really aren't, so no. they're talking about it like <laughs> it's this true. big sport. And I'm pretty sure there were sports fans reading this and going, "Oh, that's just like what I do for X yeah. certain thing that I watch." <laughs> that's true. And I'm just like, "Why are they doing this? Why are they out there? What's going on?" I'm done. If you think about it, basically, when you're a, a 13 or 14 year old kid, that is a dangerous ass school to be in. It is. Don't go to the third floor. There's a three headed dragon up there. It's like, okay, you know. Why are we letting our children in? Well, I mean, I think I think the the kind of overarching theme is that like the kids that are quiet and follow the rules and keep to themselves all survive. They're probably leading very boring lives. They haven't had any of the cool, fun, or exciting experiences, but they're all alive you at the end. They have a they have like wizard accountants. Uh, they, they, sit, of course sit, just they do. Sit there and do your taxes come tax time? Yeah, of course they <laughs> do. I mean, I'm just picturing them now with the wands <laughs> over the books. <laughs> no, 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 they there's don't. There's got to be quills. No, they don't. And they write with the quills. No, they don't. They have goblins. Goblins do it. Oh, the yeah, goblins are the bankers, but I don't know that yeah. they necessarily keep all of the accounts. Maybe they do. Here's my money. Track it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and basically, there's a pretty good chance the goblins are somehow the, played by Warwick Goblins Davis. can't lie, though, can they? Or they can lie. And even in the Wizarding World, there's not really, they don't own any of the countries. Mm. So it's like, do they really pay tax or do they just run everything with their magic? I don't know. 
<laughs> There's I, I probably guess, someone out there that has the answer there, to this. There I mean, was inter- I, internal financial work. There was something I read about how, like, you know, the educational system at Hogwarts, and it's like, you know, you learn all these different magical things, which only, you know, gives you the skills to survive within that insular world. And they were, you know, comparing it to different cults and homeschooling and whatnot, where you can only kind of survive within your system. It's like, but what if somebody wanted to be an accountant? Or a computer programmer, or a nurse, or a, a, a race car driver. Like none of they have absolutely no possible well, way. Like, I, I, doing dare, any of I those dare things. someone to, to write the story. Like you've heard of Harry Potter. Now meet one of his unknown classmates, Bobby the accountant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bobby, so how are you doing with your transgression? Whatever oh my that goodness. transmutation spells. Oh my god! All I Harold want to gar- do is count and do math. <laughs> Harold, the, Harold, Harold the garbage man oh, yeah, with the plumber. <laughs> the little wizard oh, butt crack. Yeah. It's done. 50 do they bucks. even have math? I mean, they don't show them going. I mean, I'm sure they have math, but they don't ever show them going to math class. They have common so. Work. <laughs> well, you need a wand to get through coughing. I think you need a little more than that. You have a potion to be able to figure so it out. To anybody listening that has a child, I've experienced Common Core by helping my niece with her homework. And it was not I, that hard. I thank God that common I core? don't have no, a child no. to do Common Core math homework with every day. Well, you know, Can Common you Core is English. I taught myself a while back. I have to look at it again. I like numbers, though. So mm-hmm. once I figured out how it works, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't want to use it every day, but I get it. That the whole point is to break everything down to teach you how the numbers work. And it's like that's cool, but you know, in everyday life, you just need to get right. shit done. Give <laughs> them the formula we to get it done. About. It's like, but we want them to know how it works. Like, do you want to teach them how a computer program works too? No, but they're still going to be right. using their phones to do everything, and they're not going to know how any of the stuff that they're using actually works at the code level. Right. Like, that's what we were talking about. Like, you know, we were saying, like, two plus two is four because it just is. Like It's it's its own form of magic. You know, it it just is. I I don't don't get get it. it. You know, I mean, here's the thing. You know, 14 times 8, 112 if I did the math in my head right. You know, it's just done. That's the same way that we always knew it. You know, uh, 46 times, well, 46 times 12, 460, 565... 52, if I did the math right. Scott's uh, trying. Let's see. So. Let's correct your math. Well, well, well she <laughs> pulls five, out the four, calculator. Four, 46 times 12, I think it's 552, if I did the math. Let's see. Anyway, uh, so, yes. another topic to bring up that mm-hmm. uh, we didn't originally announce, and we only have 10 minutes left. It so is may, 552. May, maybe, we'll <gasps> bring, maybe we'll bring this into episode 36. Uh, I, I'm a small fan of a series called... Uh, Stand, stand, uh, stand against evil. I've heard, I've seen bits, clips of that. I mean, I was like John McGinley and anything anyway. But it's, it's a show that basically they saw Ash versus the Evil Dead and went, I like to rip that off, but <laughs> but we're gonna make Doctor Cox the hero instead of Ash. Yes. Um, I did. I watched the entire first season. It was interesting, but I didn't like the fact that, uh, the character of Stan was. He's a tough guy, but he's a, a bumbling tough guy. Like, hmm. he just, you put him in the situation like, it doesn't work like that. And he just, like, he just. He That's just, not how the force works. Just <laughs> seconds away from getting killed in almost every other episode. Uh, I'm looking at the preview for season three, and it looks like now they, they've re- realized what's good about Dr. Cox. Mm-hmm. He's a jackass, but he knows what he's doing. And it sounds like they finally put Stan in a position where he's like, 
okay, he's not inept anymore. He knows how to fight demons now. Right. And he's still the same Dr. Cox-like jackass. Well, season, well, he's played that in everything he's ever done. Not before uh, uh, Scrubs. Before Scrubs, he used to play, like, nerdy people. Well, here's hmm. the thing. Uh, in Office Space, he had, he had sarcasm. Mm-hmm. In uh, Highlander 2, he was the evil uh, corporate guy and thrown out of window. And what about uh, Wall Street? Never saw that one. He was in, like, Platoon or Apocalypse Now, I think, too, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know if he was in... Uh, he might have been Platoon. Um, I know he was in the movie... What, what's that movie with uh, Michael Keane and... Not Michael Keane. Michael Douglas and uh, Charlie Sheen. Not Falling Down, no. Uh, no, no, no. It's a movie about, like, Wall Street and money and all that stuff. They made a sequel <laughs> years later with uh, with that jackass who was in the Transformers films. Um, wow, that's over my head at this point. Anyway, uh, he was in that movie. He played like a nerdy accountant. He was that thing with that guy. He was in that movie with that guy. <laughs> he did magic. Da, 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 da. See, I got back to it. It's funny. Nobody remembers John McGinley in Highlander 2. Probably because nobody wants to remember Highlander 2. But because before Scrubs, no one knew who he was. Uh, is yeah. that Wall Street? Oh, it was called Wall, Wall Street? Street? Okay. All right. I wasn't sure. So that cool. it was that Wall Street movie. We Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen were, in fact, in Wall Street in 1987. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was actually called Wall Street. It was, in fact, well, called he, Wall Street. Um, the guy that played Turk. Uh, I should have drawn a blank on his name. I don't remember what else he played. He he was in a couple of movies. He was in the Josie and the Pussycats movie because there was a boy uh, band called Du Jour. He was in the movie Clueless, the Alicia Silverstone one. Really? Yeah. Zach Braff had nothing though. Zach huh. Braff was literally just waiting on tables <laughs> and got that job. And there's a theory that was he, he the boyfriend in Clueless. I don't remember offhand. I mean, Clueless. <laughs> I know Dan had that in that movie. You know. And what's her name was Becky. She was Becky number two. That, that, that was her <laughs> claim Becky to fame. Becky number two. Yeah, well, I, I can't think of the actress's name, but she's the one who played Becky after the first actress quit. You're talking to Roseanne? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's uh, Sarah Clark. Uh, Sarah Chalk. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, she's had a good career. Also, Rick and Morty, since we have Rick and Morty here. Oh, she yeah, plays yeah, the mom in that right. show. Uh, and that, the, the short-lived return on Roseanne. Before. I, but see, here's the thing. I like the fact, I mean, granted, it was obviously uh, Alicia Gorenson played Becky again like she did in the original series, mostly. But I like the fact that they wrote in Sarah Chalk as a different character. I thought that was a nice little nod. <laughs> I thought it was a nice little thing that they did. It was just a short little three-episode, four-episode thing. And even the first interaction, it's like, we could be twins. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a line uh, when they were flip-flopping back and forth between Becky's, I guess, in this case. Roseanne had a line in there that said, you know, be nice or I can have you replaced. Mm. And that was <laughs> that just, is true. Yeah. It's true. You know, but that was, I thought it was a nice little nod. Now, granted, the Connors, <laughs> apparently, they added, they added an 11th episode to it, to the season. Possibly they're theorizing a finale episode because the ratings are really not there right now, uh, which kind of sucks that the last episode had Matthew Broderick in it. Yeah, well, and there, Matthew Broderick and then Justin Long was in another episode. They're yes. trying to pull in some stars. You know what it's reminding me of? Uh, eight simple rules. Where at, in the last yeah. season they brought in uh, James uh, uh, James Garner and David Spade. Yeah, yeah. And or like, basically, a news radio replaced when John, uh, Phil Hartman died. They brought in John Lovitz. That was stupid. Um, yeah. You know that I think that show could have gone longer if they didn't take in John Lovitz. He was like the worst. Like we need someone who is sarcastic and a total asshole. Let's get John Lovitz. No, no, no but likable. Likeable. <laughs> Basically, all sorry, the, John Lovitz. All the but I love no. John Lovitz. Yeah. We were talking about how he never gets the respect he that doesn't. he deserves. But you know what it is when you had Phil Hartman. You know, Phil Hartman had a really nice voice, especially for radio. He did. John Lovitz does not have that voice. I'm trying to do it very badly here. 
Yeah, yeah. if it you stinks. If you could put them together, they'd be rivals. He like mm. uh Phil Hartman would be like that clean, suave guy. That's true. And John Lovitz would just it's be kind the of slob. Which is what guy. they were. Yeah. yeah. Smarmy. I love that word. The word smarmy makes me happy. That was pointed out to me. In it, wait, wait, is is his uh how's his mic? Because he, he sounds hollow. Uh, he yeah. sounds fine to me. Okay. Can you talk in there? One, two, three, four, five, six. Can you oh, hear me okay? Interesting. What happened? I don't know, but you could just continue to talk, darling. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I found really interesting is, and this was pointed out to me, in Roseanne, Johnny Galecki's character, mm-hmm. his uh, his girlfriend on the, sh- on the show now that they introduced in the Connor series is played by Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis and Johnny Galecki were respectively Audrey and Russ in, in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yes, I forgot were. about that. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, they, played, they, they played sister and brother in that, and their boyfriend and girlfriend in this. I like that two famous people came back as uh, as Rusty in those films before well, they settled on what's-his-name for, like, the starring role. Well, it was Anthony Michael Hall. Um, I don't remember who played in the second one. Mm. Uh, Johnny Galecki in the third one, uh, Ethan Embry in the fourth one, and then it was Ed Helms in the remake, or the reboot. But... I don't, I don't know. know, but answers to be uh, made at another time. Possibly we're, another we're, time. Yes, we're we're, near, we're out of time here, yes. guys. So. Right, <sighs> Sadly, so we are. Sadly, yeah, okay. we are. Uh, we may or may not have a show next week, depending on how a couple things play out. Yeah, I get to sleep in. I mean, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I don't have to come down and do the show. I mean, I mean, gosh, <laughs> darn it, dang. We, we I love you guys, but I hate the commute. I know. We and may have a, more. We yeah. may have a bit of a hiatus due to some travel plans, but. Uh, Yes, we'll keep you posted. For on sure, we'll be back in about three weeks. Yes, so f- feel free to send us our, yeah, send three us, weeks. <laughs> feel free to send us your hate mail at uh, filmyappodcast at gmail or the Instagram or the Twitter or any other things that I check on a regular basis. And uh, yes, I will be sure to give you shout outs if you give me hate. Alrighty, positive then. shout out. Then. All yeah. right. So on that note, um, please try to hate gently. <laughs> <laughs> be, gentle, we, be gentle. I'm fragile. And we will see you next time. Right. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.